But tonight, I'm going to be speaking to advocate Douglas Shaw, expert in National Credit Act and Debt Counselling. Uh, more than 225 applicants, mostly from Gauteng townships, have launched a, su- a suit in the Constitutional Court claiming damages from the big banks for home repossession abuse. The applicants are claiming 60 billion rand from the banks for unlawful repossession of homes since the Constitution came into effect in 1996. Uh, somebody wrote here 1994, and I've just corrected that because the Constitution didn't come into effect until 1996, you see. Anyway, uh, this figure is based on the average estimated loss uh, loss of home equity value multiplied by the roughly 100,000 homes repossessed in, uh, in South Africa since 1994. Home equity is the difference between the market value of a property and the amount still owing on a mortgage loan. I'm going to be speaking to Advocate, um, Advocate Shaw uh, about this particular thing. Um, and I'd like to take your calls uh, with regards to thing, uh, this phenomenon around this issue. I've been a victim of this. I've got to put out my my story, and uh, you know, there's your disclaimer. I have been a victim of this situation. My my house wasn't sold off in auction. I had to find uh, somebody to buy it, uh, and somebody bought it, but at a far lower value than the house, far lower than what I owed the bank. I'm still paying off the shortfall even now. Even though I had gone to the bank and said, listen, I'm willing to pay up so much to just, uh, you know, get back to balance. And, and the bank said, no, buddy, no. I've, I've, I've bewailed this issue for years. And I am glad to say that uh, somebody out there, in fact, uh, the, uh, the first applicant is Innocent Guisai, whose home was repossessed uh, and sold at auction for a fraction of its worth after he fell into arrears with his uh, bank loan. Other applicants include Ernest Mashaba, John Mujaki, Solomon Tlapu, Victor Zuma, whose cases and home repossessions were previously reported uh, in this particular publication that I am looking at at the moment. And uh, when I come back, I'll be speaking to Advocate Douglas Shaw. And uh, he is the man that is leading this charge uh, in the Constitutional Court. And I am looking forward to, to speak to this guy because I think, you know what? Here's one man who deserves all of the support from all of us. And, of course, you can uh, be part of this conversation on 11 And then, of course, I'm available on SMS 31702 on Twitter at 702 Aubrey. 702. 702. Call us on 011-883-0702. 16 minutes after 11 o'clock and I'm joined on the line by Advocate Douglas Shaw. Uh, and he's the man leading the charge in a class action suit against uh, the major banks of South Africa. 225 applicants, mostly from Gauteng Townships, have launched a suit in the Constitutional Court claiming damages from the big banks for, uh, for home repossession abuse. Please give us a call as we con- uh, con- con- uh, continue to talk about this particular issue. I know that many of you are victims of the very same issue. Let me uh, welcome uh, Advocate Douglas Shaw on the line. Uh, Advocate, thank you very much for joining us uh, here on Late Night Talk. Much appreciated, sir. Good evening. So, uh, 225 applicants uh, have applied to the Constitutional Court, and uh, I, I imagine that there has there is a case now that has been put together that makes sense in law 
about what a lot of people have been feeling is an unfair uh, situation in the way that banks have been uh, selling off people's homes uh, in in uh, auctions. Uh, tell us a little bit about the structure of this of this legal case in ways that we who are laid to the profi- profession can understand. Yeah, well, it's, it's a good point that you make because it's, it's one of these things that appears obvious to everyone that's not in the banking sector that this is wrong. Yeah. Um, but how do you make it wrong in law? Yeah. Um, um, basically, what we're saying is a number of what we're asking the court to do is a number of things. First of all, we're asking them to declare the current law unconstitutional and give the Ministry of Justice a year to draft a new law. Now, we've already drafted the new law for the Ministry of Justice, and the Ministry of Justice is quite happy to go along with this, so they are not the problem. Um, and, but what we're also asking the court to do is to compensate all the people the banks have done this to in the past, because yeah. they, they, what the banks are saying, and this is the legal aspect to it, the banks are saying, well, we had a court order. We, could, we, we were given a court order that we could sell this house. And what we are saying is, yes, you did, but you had to use that court order non-negligently. So you can't just say, we had a court order, therefore we can sell people's properties for 100 rand or 1,000 rand if that's what the sheriff gets. Yeah. No. If, if, if you, 20 years ago when the Constitution came in, saw one house or two houses selling for 100 rand or even 50% off, you should have said, no, 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 we, we can't go ahead with this. This is obviously a, a wrong process. We need to stop here. And at least to tell the court, which they never did, the, the, the dreadful results they're getting on the ground, because the courts were never aware. They knew that it was a slightly less than market value, maybe, but they never knew the gross results that, that the, the banks were actually getting. So we are saying, no, it's not enough that you've just got a court order. You're negligent if you use that system if it was causing huge damage. Well. The figure that we're seeing uh, in the media space is 60 billion rands in claims against the banks. Would this in any way, I suppose, at a practical level, help those that are applying? Um, And uh, does that mean that they get the money, not their houses back? And if they don't get their houses back, uh, what, what is the real remedy that is being sought here? Okay, look, one of the things you can do is give people their houses back. But if this thing happened 10 years ago, yep. that property might have been sold to five, six, seven people. And so there are the applicants that do want their houses back. But most people are saying, okay, we realize it's impractical, but at least compensate us for the damages we've, we've yep. incurred. Yeah. All right. Give us a call on 11 I'm speaking to Advocate Douglas Shaw. He's the man leading the charge in an application for, for relief for 225 applicants, uh, mostly from Gauteng Townships, uh, who've launched a suit in the Constitutional Court. You've gone straight to the Constitutional Court, Douglas. Uh, I mean, Advocate Douglas Shaw. Um, somebody might ask, why did you not perhaps uh, deal with this at the lower courts, perhaps uh, 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 the high court in a particular uh, province here in Gauteng? Why? Okay, there's a, there's a lot of reasons, and we've, we haven't made this decision lightly. Yeah. Um, there's about 10 reasons in our papers, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of try and be brief. First of all, We've already been, the rules board have, have drafted new rules that have gone some way towards solving the problem. We've already been waiting for that for a, another year and a half or something. Um, so we've already been waiting. Secondly, we've raised these issues in the High Court before and we haven't really had a great deal of 
um, interest from the High Court in solving these problems. Thirdly, we 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 have we need a solution that works across all of South Africa and not just in yes. one province. Yeah. Um, fourthly, and personally, the banks are now coming after me personally and trying to get me disbarred or put cost orders. And you know, they're, they're instead of addressing the issues, they're actually trying to get rid of me. So. If there was time to go through a year, by that stage they would have already probably <laughs> removed me from the picture, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why a direct access application should succeed in this case, yeah. I mean, we haven't had very many direct applications succeed in the Constitutional Court, and there's been academic writing that said maybe we should have more, especially when it's, we're dealing with very poor people who can't afford to go yep. through a year of... Um, you know, if you're dealing with well-heeled applicants, then great. Let's go through the whole process, but not in this case. I would imagine that uh, most well-heeled applicants wouldn't be in this situation precisely because they are well-heeled. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fact is that most of the people that find themselves in this situation are people that are, not, are in a serious, serious financial bind. Let's once again just paint the picture for those people who've just joined us, uh, Advocate Douglas Shaw. Obviously, Mm. if you've signed some sort of contract with a bank and you default, the bank needs to have some sort of recourse in that situation. Uh, And and so we're not saying that people should now not pay their dues. But I think what what we are saying is that there is a context here where the law as used by the banks is unfair what are we just, just give me the legal the legal translation of what i am saying colloquially um okay. it, there's a there's a there's a there's an unfairness here that uh, that uh, a lot of people are feeling um how is that spoken in law okay because there's no question that there are situations where the bank should be able to take somebody's house and sell it yeah the trouble is that our banks do this between well, five times more than the international norm, and the international norm itself is not really in tune with our constitution, so probably 20 times more than the, the, the ideal or the, what, what could be considered best practice. So it's not that the banks should never be able to do this, but they shouldn't be able to do this as often as they do. They should only do it as a last resort, and they're not. They're doing it willy-nilly. Yep. They're doing it with... Gay abandon, let's yep. say. And then the second thing is, when you do take somebody's house, you should at least sell it for the market price. You shouldn't sell it for 100 rand or 1,000 rand or half price or even 30% off. You should sell it for the market price. What is the, what is the rationale that, that banks or the sheriff's department, because I know some people are going to argue that it's not the banks that do that, it's the sheriff uh, that does that. Uh, you can perhaps explain that relationship to us, Advocate. But, but the, the issue here is that what is the rationale that the banks will give for saying we sold this house for 100 rand, 10 rand, 1,000 rand? What, what is the rationale? The rationale the banks give, and I think it's a very bad one, but it basically boils down to the phrase, we can do whatever we like as long as we have a court order. So they're saying, as long as we've got a court order, it doesn't matter what damage we do to our clients. It doesn't matter what damage we do to the South African economy. We can be, we can just be as, not care, and it's still fine. We're, we're acting within the, the permits of the law as long as we've got a court order. And that's basically the position the bank's taken over the last 20 years. All right, give us a call. 11883 Calls already coming in thick and fast as I speak to Advocate Douglas Shaw. 
225 applicants, mostly from Gauteng townships, have launched a, su- a suit, a lawsuit. Uh, is the, would it be re- correct to call this a class action suit? Uh, it's not technically speaking a class action because it's it's on behalf of 220, so however many it is, uh, named people. A class action is, is a whole class, and what we ask is for a declaratory order. So what we ask for is for the, the court to say, to declare this is what the law is. So we call it a group action. It's not technically a class action, but you could call it that loosely. Yeah. All right. Uh, And then there are other scenarios. Uh, We've been talking specifically about the scenario where a bank uh, gets a court order and that home is then sold. And I, and I use the word home because that's what these are, yes. homes. They're not just houses, yes. right? Correct. But, but, but uh, where, where a home is sold in execution at, on auction. But there are other scenarios, uh, Dr. Shaw, I mean, Advocate Shaw, where um, you have a situation where you are put under so much pressure that you then find a buyer who will buy the house at less than market price so that you can run back to the bank and say, listen, here's some money, but then there's a shortfall that you then have to continue to pay. I'm interested in the fairness of that, in the ethicalness of that, and in the legality of that, uh, and whether or not in your action that features at all. Okay. Did you want to perhaps comment on that? Yeah. Um, we, we call that duress sales, you know, so you're, you're selling a property, but you're selling it under duress. Yes. And we believe that the banks should also compensate people that have done that. That's not really even included in the 60 billion. Okay, I'm going to be your first client. <laughs> I am going to be. All right, but go, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we believe that that's also, it's, it's the bank's fault. It's slightly less... Uh, direct, it's more a little bit more remote, but we do have some clients that has happened to. So there's maybe three or four of them, uh, of the the the, the two hundred odd, and and we believe these people should also be compensated. But if you include that, we're probably way beyond the sixty billion. We're probably at one hundred twenty billion or yep. something like that. So so yes, it's a direct result of the unconstitutionality of the law. It's a direct result of the bank's practices. So yes, these people should be compensated too. I get a sense, uh, Advocate Shaw, that uh, what is really happening here is uh, an interrogation of the doctrine of the law in, 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 in many ways. In other words, what is happening here is the question that says the law is the law, yeah, sure, but the law must also be ethical and fair, right? Is that, is that, would that be fair to, 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 to you know, speak it in those terms? Well, it is now. Since um, 1994, we've had a constitution that requires that we see every law and every action through the prism of the Bill of Rights. So just what you've just said, we've got to look at things and not just say, if, if the law is wrong, if we've got, before it was like whatever the law is. Now it's like, well, if, if the law itself is wrong, as it is in this case, then we've got to look and see, well, is our law, is that law consistent with constitutional values, with the rights? And in our case, the way that they're doing sale and execution in terms of Rule 46, the rules of court, the rules and the law itself is unconstitutional and wrong because it's not in accord with the justice that's laid out in their constitution. I have a feeling, uh, Advocate Shaw, that after this show, you're going to be getting a lot more applications. And I hope that you have the capacity or the, or the, or, or the appetite to continue this. But let's take a few calls. Lots of calls coming through on 11 883 Advocate Douglas Shaw 
uh, is my guest and he is leading the charge against what I believe is an is an unfair practice of the law by our major banks. I hope I still have a job tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But let's uh, let's uh, let's talk to Temba in Kempton Park. Hi, Temba. Hi. Good evening. Good evening to you, Temba. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Temba. My my situation is one. Yeah. Two of the banks who possess my properties wherein they were tenants sitting in paying directly to the bank, paying the bank. Yep. You know, and they were repossessed. I went to the properties and only to find that the, the bank had repossessed their home without even letting me know and things like that. Now I'm getting letters from the bank that I owe the bank money and there were tenants who were staying in those banks. Paying rent and proof to them. About also uh, maintaining the properties and things like that. The my 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 my, my things my belongings that were in one of the properties were also missing. What what do I do in that case? Because I've been in touch with yourself that uh, advocate uh, that was so in this case. But what what cost do I have? You know, like that. How, how is it that you would not have known, Temba, that they were in a process of uh, selling your property in execution? How would you not have known? I did not know. I just when I went to get to check to inspect the, the properties, I found there were people staying there. Uh, but Can I don't know. say something. It's yeah. quite possible for people not to know. Yeah. Uh, we reckon talking after talking to about 500 clients, at least a third of them, the banks didn't serve them properly, maybe half. So the banks intentionally sometimes don't, or their attorneys don't serve people so they don't know what's going on or they serve them at a previous address when they should know better. It does happen. So what can uh, Timber do, uh, Advocate Shaw? I didn't hear the full thing. It was a little bit blurred on this side, but did they talk about shortfalls? The bank's still chasing them for some money? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about shortfalls. Um, in America, if somebody sells your house, if the bank sells your house for less than it's worth, they have to go back to court again to justify why they can come after you for a shortfall, and mostly they don't. And in some states, you're not allowed to at all. Yeah. You sell, if the bank sells a property for less than it's worth, they can't come after you. And I think that's a good system. I mean, America's system is also quite draconian. It's not as good as it could be. It certainly wouldn't be in line with our constitution, just like ours isn't. But they do have some good ideas, and that's one of them. Whereas in our, in our country, you automatically get the right to a shortfall, even if you sell the property for 100 grand. And that's completely ridiculous. We ask in our constitutional case that all shortfalls across the country are wiped out and declared uncollectible or, or, or you know, yeah. if the bank cannot, if the bank did not sell that property. All right, I, 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 I get the feeling, uh, Advocate Shaw, that you're going to have a lot of people saying, what do I do? Um, do you want to perhaps give us a, a, a collective, uh, I don't know, suggestion of what recourse, what can people do? Sorry, Timber's okay. gone. Yeah. If people want to join the suit, yeah. right, then they can call at my, uh, we have an attorney and I'm an advocate, so it's an attorney and an advocate and some administrators. So if they call or if they email Charlene at bankinglawadvisor.coza or go to www.bankinglawadvisor.coza, then they can come and see us, one of one of the people, and we will we will join them to the suit. And it wouldn't cost as much as it would if they, you know, if you come with a, you decide you want to go to the constitutional court by yourself, you're probably yeah, going to be paying 
200,000 or 500,000 or a million, but for a, a relatively small amount, you can you can join this suit if you're in the position. We will advise you. We'll say, yes, yeah. you can. No, yeah. you can't. You know, it, it depends yeah. on yeah. your circumstance. Um, uh, Nadine is asking for the name of Charlene again. Spell, spell that for us. Charlene is C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll give that uh, um, contact detail again. Let's speak to Catherine in four ways. Hi, Catherine. Hi there, how yeah, are you? Very good, thank you, Catherine. Go Thanks ahead. Oh, I came in the back end of the conversation when I jumped to my car after meeting work. So I haven't heard the whole thing, but the, the gist of what I've heard is that um, the selling of properties or auctioning or, or sheriff repossessing of properties. Yeah. My domestic worker lost her property about 12 years ago for some person of 50 rand. Her property sure. it was a three bedroom flat in Kilbra, which she bought with her pension money. Um, and I'd say the property is probably worth about 600000 now. Yeah. Um, she had to come back to work, and hence the reason she's my domestic worker, um, in order to survive, yeah. because that was her retirement. Yeah. Um, and the, the property, she was renting the property out at the time because she owned, well, her husband owned a small property in Alex. And... The next thing she knew, all the furniture was out on the street and the property had been auctioned off for 50 rand. Um, the person who auctioned it off has a long history of doing this as an inside connection with the sheriff or, the, you know, I don't know the whole ins and outs of it. We tried to take it further and we went to the bank to try and get the title deed and she needed to pay about four and a half thousand rand, which I paid for her. Um, when we paid it, we then requested to get the title deed so that we could take it further and ask mm. they wouldn't give us the title deed. Um, we then contacted a lawyer who really couldn't do very much for us. She is 65 years old. Mm. She should not be working Absolutely, work. absolutely. Um, she had a property that she invested in. She worked hard for her investment and she lost it because she, she owed a little bit of uh, she tells me it's it's she owed some money on her, her water account, you know, a couple of hundred grand yep. on her water yep. account. Yep. I'd like to yep. know how we could get get come on board because I would love to be able to help yep. her. To absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And the sad thing about this is that you hear that story, and the first time you hear it, you think, "Oh, this is a once-off. It could mm-hmm. never happen." You know, mm-hmm. this is this is unusual. And then, if you do what I do, you hear these stories every week, and you realise. This has happened tens of thousands yeah. of times yeah. where old ladies have had their whole life savings wiped yeah. out and the bank will not change it. And the yeah. lack of conscience of our banks is Frightening. shocking. Mm-hmm. Frightening. All right. So, so, so um, Catherine, uh, you're going to want to be part of this. Uh, um, and, and, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll give uh, the contact details. I can tell you right now that I'm going to be part of it. I'll be going, I'm, I think I'll be visiting Advocate Show tomorrow. All right, Catherine, please, please, please listen on, on the radio, okay, for those contact details. I will do. All right. Jo- Joe in Pretoria, hi. Yes, Aubrey, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. But Joe, what is on your mind? You, you know, uh, I just want to be part of that because, you see, my house that worth $6 million, it was sold for six. Uh, in, in fact, it was not sold. It was transferred to another people sure. for 600000 I, I still today do not understand what's happening. 
So if I can just get the contact that I can give briefly what is absolutely, uh, absolutely. And if you if you can just listen on the on the radio, Brajo, uh, you'll get those. Uh, and uh, maybe you will find me in the in the queue there uh, tomorrow as I go to Douglas Shaw as well. All right. That would be wonderful. All right, Brajo in Pretoria, Humphrey in Eastrand. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm very good, thanks, Humphrey. Go ahead, sir. Yes, uh, I'm on a little bit different scenario because I, I was the purchaser of one of the property which was repossessed. Indeed. But, uh, but I was not, uh, I, I, I didn't know before I purchased this property. Yeah. So once, uh, it was in 2011. So when at the time of moving in came, I found that there are these people who don't want to go out of the property. And I've been paying that property from 2011 until today. And yeah. I'm also renting another place where I'm staying. So, but when I try to investigate, there's lawyers who are assisting me with the eviction. When I try to investigate, they, I see that uh, the, the lawyers who were transferring the, the property, they were told by the, by the state agents not to release the money to the, to the, to, to, to the seller yeah. because they could see the problem. Yeah. So I've been through the, the law society everywhere. I, couldn't, I cannot get help on... Uh, uh, for this re- irresponsible action by this by this uh, law firm, yeah. because they, re- they released the money uh, to to the seller, knowing that uh, I'm not getting that property because there's people who are fighting. Yeah, cannot give me the access to the property. I just want to know how can I get help? Sure, advocate advocate mm. sure. Yeah, it's an interesting question. We often deal with third parties that have bought the property at a discount, uh, admittedly, but they're not really the, the, the perpetrators here. The banks are the perpetrators, and then the, the buyers are the kind of uh, third parties to it. I, I, all I can really say about that is if we get a new system in place where properties are not being sold uh, wrongly, um, if people feel that, okay, we, we defaulted and our property's been sold for 95% of the value and only as a last resort, then they're far more likely to say, okay, fair enough, let's get out. But if, they, if they've been had their property sold for like 20% of its value and, and there was other options, like there was an offer to purchase pending or there was somebody that came to say they'd pay off the arrears, then they're going to fight much more. So we do need buyers who will come and buy the properties and in a, in a new and better system, the people will move out more readily. All right. Uh, Advocate Shaw, the, the, this scenario sounds to me like we have a bunch of gangsters here who are using the law to their advantage, but of course at the disadvantage of the rest of the population. Um, and uh, I've heard of scenarios specifically in townships, especially where I come from, where when a house has been sold in execution in an auction type of situation and the family is still living in that home, that the community will rally around that family and have a situation where they'll say to the new purchaser, no, you can't take this uh, situation. Right. And, and I suppose that what that does is that it creates uh, another uh, legal quagmire, but also tension within the law. Have you come across right. that situation and how no, are you dealing with it? That's definitely what happens. It's kind of like what I was saying just now. Um, if you have a situation where everybody in the community knows that, that there's completely dodgy things going on where the sheriff fronts going on. We've got one of our applicants where the property was sold by the sheriff to another company that was owned by the sheriff. There was a complete fraud 
and there's probably much more than that. But the, the community has a sense of injustice here. You know, that this is wrong, yep. these practices. Like 99 times out of 100, yep. this property shouldn't have been sold or shouldn't have been sold for that price. Then, of course, they'll rally around and say, no, we, we, we don't agree with this. Yep. But if it was a just system, then people would say, no, sorry, we know that the banks have gone through all the things required by the law. This happens very rarely. Then, okay, you must move and we're not going to support you. You know, so that that's the kind of situation we're in. But because we've got such a dreadful system, then yes, the community is going to rally around and say, no, 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 we don't think this is right. You cannot move into this new property, even if that's technically speaking what the law says. Yep. We know there will be resistance. All right, I'm going to take a break. 011-8830702. Advocate Douglas Shaw is my guest. He's uh, leading the charge in the Constitutional Court, by the way. Yeah for the rights of those who have had their homes repossessed in an unethical way. And I I think what one needs to say that there are going to be instances, uh, Advocate Shaw, where the banks are within their rights and ethnic... ethically correct in um you know uh you know launching some sort of action yeah. against you uh, but what we are talking about here is when the the banks behave like thugs when they behave behave like like uh, criminals here and that is yeah. the issue here right right absolutely. absolutely all right let's take a break when we come back i continue with advocate douglas shaw uh, and uh, he's the advocate that is leading the fight against the banks They're looking for 60 billion rands. I've got a feeling that it's going to become more because, you know, uh, we can't have this. Be back after this. 702. 702. Call us on 011-883-0702. 14 minutes uh, to midnight and my guest is Advocate Douglas Shaw. He's the advocate uh, leading the battle against the major banks of South Africa who have sold and repossessed, repossessed and sold in execution people's properties, homes. Um, And uh, it's it's, it's unfair. It's unfair in my opinion. Aisha Ranshot on Twitter says, uh, Aubrey, EG, you pay a bond for 15 years, have a balance but lose your job. They auction for balance, not a new house's price, says uh, Aisha Ranshot. Continues, says, if you see you're in trouble, rather sell your house privately and repay the bank. You get some benefit out. What benefit? I, I was in that situation. I lost my job. I lost my income. I lost, uh, you know, I couldn't pay. Let's go back to Advocate uh, Douglas Shaw about that. I mean, here, here's that scenario that's coming again, uh, Advocate Shaw. Uh, and yeah. I suppose the most most of the time that's the reason why people find themselves in this in this situation. I've been no, working I've been working for whatever years and I've you know got the house and I I was paying my premiums quite well. I lose my job. I'm in not I'm no longer in a situation where I'm gainfully employed. I go right. to the bank and say, guys, I'm in trouble. I've got this situation. And they come up with all sorts of schemes. I know that the bank that I was with had a thing called help you pay. And then it was a help you sell type situation. But I, right. this is my home. I, this is where I live. This is where my l- children live. It's my home. It's not just a, yeah. a, 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 a possession. It's a, it's, a, it's a home, right? And then I yeah. take the advice to say, let me sell the house. I sell the house, but I don't sell it at the price uh, that the that I owe the bank, and then there's a shortfall. Right. Talk to me about that scenario. 
Okay, there's a lot to say about that. Um, first of all, everybody should have the opportunity to do that. And by the way, that there's actually happening in our courts now, partly as a result of, of, of our work over the last few years, where the, the bank, the, the court will only give an order to say, okay, the, you, the bank will be able to sell your property in execution in six months' time. But in the meantime, you can either pay off your arrears or you can sell your house yourself. So that, that, that's a step forward and that's a good thing. The second thing is, if you get a new job, so you're now, you, you had a job, you lost it, you're in arrears, now you've got a new job. It, in England, the court will not give an order to sell your house if you've now got a new job. They'll say, no, reschedule the loan so it pays it off over the next remaining 15 years of the, the bond or whatever it is. Yep. Um, and, and whereas our banks will sell that person's property even though he's got a new job. Well, like, even though he doesn't have a job. Well, no, this is when he's got a new job. But if he doesn't have a job, but it, it's thought that it, I mean, he's in, in an industry where he's got skills where he will be getting a job in the next three months or six months, and that's a, that's a judgment call. But if that is the case, that he, he's likely to get a new job or she's likely to get a new job, well, why sell it now? Why not wait for the person to get a new job, take all the arrears, add it to the loan, and let the person pay off over the, the remaining term of the loan? But that's what our banks don't do. And and your your class action, loosely loosely used, that term you loosely use, yeah. is to bring to the attention of the Constitutional Court those perhaps unethical uses of the law as it is at the moment and say, listen, we need a more humane um, yeah, uh, 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 expression of values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. let's talk to Dennis in Santon. Hi, Dennis. Oh, good evening. Good yeah, good evening. evening to you, Dennis. Okay, look, I don't want to go into too much detail because obviously it's difficult on a, on you know, on, on, a, on a talk show. Sure. But uh, very basically, I was notified by the bank that uh, there was uh, one and a half to two months, almost two months installments in the arrears. Yeah. The amount uh, of uh, of the installment was around the fifteen, sixteen thousand a month. So there was about twenty odd thousand outstanding, yeah. and they notified me that they 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 they've been asked to phone me and just notified me that a sale date for the sudden execution had been obtained, and that sale date was in about three or two four weeks time. But if I sure. should make arrangements and make the payment beforehand, then obviously the sale would not go through. So um, I was shocked at how this happened. How was I not notified? How did I get? Uh, the rights to go and get a, a you know a, a date for a sudden execution when I hadn't been notified. Anyway, yeah. the point is yeah. that I made arrangements. I made half the payment that very same week, and I made the other half the payment uh, with arrangements with the bank. The, the head office of that particular bank was in Durban. The property was in the north of Johannesburg in the Santon area. And uh, on the day in question, um, I, I was at the at my bank. And I'd made arrangements. I had a bank guarantee check for the balance drawn up already. I went into the bank. I was the first customer in. I had until one o'clock to make the payment and make sure that the, uh, the, the auction was cancelled. Uh, I made the payment. I then called the bank manageress, gave her the documentation. I said, please phone the bank. And I explained the details. She then phoned the bank in Durban and they told her that the payment's been made. And they, said they spoke for 20 minutes. Everything was done. I had to give an instruction about something else as well. Yep. And it was done. Yeah, I, I paid and everything was fine. I then went shopping, and to my utter amazement, two days later, I had a telephone call from the bank's lawyers to tell me that the sale was successful, and they just informed me. I said, "What sale?" So sure. no, I had no idea. I mean, yep. effectively, what happened was when they, when this when this bank manager of mine 
faxed the documents to, to them. She faxed a blank uh, M65 form. It was a standard bank. Yeah, uh, no, no, no that, that's thuggery, Dennis. I mean, that that, that is just oh, criminality. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. No idea. And, yeah. I, and it uh, happens a lot. That's the thing. Now, the, the house was valued at about $3 million at the time, and, and the, the bond was just over $1.1. Sure. They sold it for $1.1. So there was, that, there was that shortfall now? Right. No, 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 the value, no, the bond was 1.1. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they got their money. They got their money. Now, there's so much wrong with this in law. First of all, you should have known long in advance that they they brought a summons, they'd got a judgment. That that was wrong. And then they should never have been selling your property when there was only a month or two in arrears. I mean, until you get to eight, nine months in arrears, they should not be selling your property. And then, if they could show worse than that, I paid. I paid. I paid. All right, Dennis, please listen on the radio because I, I really think this is something that we need to. I mean, if ever there was a human it's rights so battle shocking. here, uh, we and need to support so this. this going on, Absolutely. Even in terms of our current law. Oh, it's crazy. You know, never mind the base law. All right, Dennis, if, if you listen on the radio, okay? I was told, I was told to approach the, the sheriff yep. and ask the sheriff if he can do anything. And the sheriff said, listen, when the hammer falls, I can do nothing. But here's the buyer's name. I went to the buyer and I said, look, there's been an error here. I mean, he said, look, I'm sorry, you know, I bought it. And the problem is this. I then find out that the buyer is an inside uh, yeah, bank. Okay. He knew about this. So he had, he had, yeah. he's got access to properties that are going to go on auction. He picks the best ones. So, you know, it, it's just yeah. from beginning to end, it's just fraud. Dennis, so uh, all right, please listen on the radio. And uh, let's you. see. Let's see. All right, Dennis uh, in Santa. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, uh, the the, the number of SMSs that have come through here, Advocate Douglas Shaw, uh, with various um, uh, scenarios where people's homes have been sold in execution and uh, where people's homes have been sold under duress, as in my particular case, the, it's right. just innumerable. I cannot uh, give you the number of SMSs yeah. that are out, out there. But this is the commitment that I want to make as a broadcaster. Because I think that right. if ever there was uh, a situation that needs to be given any support it is this we have the issue right. of the land issue in our country and banks are right. just riding roughshod over people it's it's crazy i think yeah. that this cannot be just a matter of the discussion around this particular case that you're dealing with i think it needs to be an ongoing conversation of right. making people understand what their rights and recourse is with regards to these kinds of issues because they're varying um scenarios Right. Can we do this, Advocate? Two things that I'm going to request. That periodically, okay. perhaps two or three times uh, every quarter, that we have this kind of discussion uh, just to get people to understand what their rights are with regards to the situation. But secondly, for us to keep tabs on what your, uh, your, your uh, progress is with regards to this case. Uh, and, right. pe- and perhaps this is something that would give the kind of support because my problem mm. is that this kind of case is going to go under the radar it's not going to get the public support that i believe it should have and right. the banks are huge and powerful now i'll have a job tomorrow right. after this but that we continue <laughs> <laughs> that we continue about the same kind of thing yeah because so I, well, I don't have a house at the i mean i don't own a house at the moment so it's okay right. you can't take a house in I'm a dead man walking, so it's okay. But the question for me is, can we have a continued conversation about this, uh, Advocate Douglas? Uh, and we perhaps, certainly can. And, perhaps, and the and, other thing we yep. can do maybe is yep. get everyone, everyone listening to this just about probably yep. as a bank account. Yep. So the next time, listener, 
that you go into the bank account, just, just ask to speak to the manager and say, and, and once you get to speak to him, say, how long are you going to keep doing this? Please talk to your manager and say, it's not necessarily to run your bank in an unethical manner. You can run your bank, your home loans division, in a way that is ethical and still make money. Yeah. The, the, the banks don't have to be as nasty as they are. Yeah. Uh, Kabalo MG says, I still can't understand why would it matter to me how much a house is sold for after I have failed repaying the bond? How would you uh, respond to Kabelo? Well, say your, your house is worth a million rand and your bond was only 700,000. And then if you could sell that property yourself, then you make 300,000. But if the bank, if you stop paying and the bank sells it for, let's say, 750,000, then you've lost most of that money that was your money. Uh, on the other hand, if the bank sells it for 400000 then they're going to chase you for the next 30 years for a 300000 rand shortfall. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. Dr. Rocky Sidiza says, Aubrey, I'm, f- I'm trapped in the vault because uh, of this house that I can't get sold for the last seven years. It's frustrating. No one can afford the recommended rent. Um, and perhaps pe- perhaps people can't even recommend, I mean, afford the price uh, for which uh, this person needs uh, to get this uh, house sold to get out of debt. What does he do? Oh, it's, a, it's a difficult one if you've got no buyers. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, the more illiquid a property is, the longer you should be given to sell it. Because if you're, you know, in the way, in the middle of nowhere, say in the middle of nowhere in the Val, let's say, and uh, nobody, there's not a huge amount of people buying it. It's not yep. like your your townhouse in four ways, which there's always going to be a huge demand for. Then you maybe need to be given a little bit more time to sell it because it's not it's not as easy. Yeah, Advocate Chill, I can I take one more call? Oh, all right, double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. I'm going to take one more call if it's okay in Tating um, uh, as we close off but i'm hoping that uh, advocate Shaw, you together your people together with our producers we can uh, work out some sort of way of continuing this discussion i i really think that this is a this is a situation where people's homes are being taken away i know people will say oh it's a house but these are these are people's homes this is where people raise their children this is it's not just a matter of a possession or an asset it's a it's homes and and i think that uh, at at a moral level this is absolutely untenable Aubrey, there's a whole academic literature on this whole thing. It's called home interest. Yep. And what it does is it distinguishes between a house and a home. Yep. And all the psychological and philosophical differences between these two things. And I've, I've gone into a bit in my PhD. Yep. But there's a huge difference between a house and a home. Is the law or is, let me say, is the constitutional court, in your opinion, as as you you know look through your your crystal ball advocate, What's your sense uh, whether the uh, you know as to what the constitutional court is going to rule? What, what is your feeling? I have huge confidence in the constitutional court. I think I look back on the previous decisions, and I think you know, especially on creditor data stuff, where the high court is is weak. They always seem to side with the banks because that's what they've always done. They don't yep. really think constitutionally about it. But the constitutional court then, in the end, fixes it and says, "No, no, no, you guys got it wrong." Here's what it should be. And and if I, I don't see the Constitutional Court, if it hears it at all, not changing the situation. I mean, we give them yep. lots of options for exactly what they should do, sure. but they will fix the problem. Advocate, I've got to I've, stop you because we've run out of time. I know that we're going to be talking again sometime soon, but thank you very much for sure. coming on.
Nice to speak Much to you. Much appreciated. Advocate Douglas Shaw. Uh, and the contact details for uh, Douglas Shaw is Charlene at bankinglawadvisor.co.za.